Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewer Crew Review Podcast. Uh, I'm Craig, and joining me today is Vince, and it's pitchers and catchers, my two favorite words in the English language, I guess, uh, so to speak, and uh, they're reporting for spring training today, Friday, May 9th, I believe, in Florida and Arizona, and I'm pretty fired up. What about you, Vince? Absolutely, Craig. You know, it's it's pretty exciting. I know that... Um, well, last year was the WBC occurred, which is awesome, but that, that kind of interrupted a normal spring training. And then in 2022, 20, we had a lockout uh, for a bit of spring training, which kind of clouded things and, and pushed back the start date. Um, if you're, I know that you remember that. In 2021, we were still under a bunch of uh, COVID protocols. And in 2020, COVID broke out during spring training. So barring some unforeseen pandemic or uh, some other uh, issue, this, I think, will be the first full-on all full team spring training since 2019. Wow. That's ridiculous and exciting because spring training is pretty much my favorite month of the whole year. Uh, obviously playoff baseball and all that good, all the six months in between are awesome too, but no, uh, just the excitement and the hope spring is eternal for everyone, including the Milwaukee Brewers. We've had a very up and down off season when there's crushing information and then some hope and then more crushing information anyway uh we've got a young core team we have one of the best farm systems in, in the in the baseball and we're returning nl central champions with a new manager i mean there's things are still looking pretty rosy so um all right well let's talk about the breaking news and there hasn't been a whole lot of off-season news the, the brewers like have been kind of laying in the weeds so to speak when it comes to free agent signings they did bring in Reese Hoskins a couple of weeks back, and that was pretty pretty cool. Um, and uh, his uh, nickname is Reese Lightning, which is pretty awesome. Um, also, I didn't I, I didn't actually know that. That's pretty pretty good. I I don't think we discussed that in our pre production meeting, but that's I like that one. That made me chuckle. And, and I just found out that the, our new player that we just signed this week, his nickname is Kraken, which is also awesome. Um, and that's. <laughs> That's uh, Gary Sanchez we signed, uh, former, um, well, not former catcher, but former Yankee catcher, I guess I'll put it that way. Um, he's bounced around a few teams last year at the Padres. Uh, he had a, many down years. Uh, his calling card is his power. It always has been. Um, and uh, he's, he showed a lot of it last year with uh, some pretty ridiculous numbers and like about a half season worth of stats. Um, and so... Really, for someone who loves power, uh, these last two signings with uh, Reese and Gary Sanchez are pretty exciting. With that being said, these guys are now on the flip side, the wrong side of 30, so to speak. But I think that there are some nice veteran presence, as we pointed out, besides Yelich, most of our returning uh, lineup is all under 30. So, um, And then you've got the you know the new stars, you know, potential stars coming in the way. This hopefully, obviously, 2024, well, they did, they beat Jackson Churio, who just signed a really long-term deal with the Brewer. So there's tons to be excited about as a Brewer fan, even though, you know, there were some uh, some things that we lost, like, I don't know, our icon, our iconic manager and uh, the best Brewer starting pitcher in Brewer history. Just those two minor things. But besides that, uh, things are looking up. So, Vince, give us uh, a, yeah. on the Gary Sanchez signing. <laughs> 
yeah, no, I was pretty excited about it, to be honest. I know that we traded some text messages. I'm not too worried about his age. Um, I think that he still had a great year last year in terms of his power. Uh, the guy, his intern is just handing me some notes here. 19 home runs uh, in 72 games. That's that's pretty good. Um, he had only had a total of 234 at-bats last year, so not a, not a ton of at-bats. I know he had some injury issues. Um, he had played uh, a few games with the Mets as well. I should uh, have pointed that out earlier, but um, spent mostly with the Padres. But no, I'm very excited. I think that, you know, we've commented many times on it, but I think that this team has lost uh, or has has lacked power, I should say, uh, for a number of years. And it just seems like it hasn't been a huge priority for the front office. So I am glad to see that we're adding a little bit of power this offseason. I, I do like his uh, his bat a lot. I think he's perfect in that role as kind of the backup catcher for William Contreras. He can play. Uh, obviously, he can hit a DH. Um, I'm sure he can sub in at first base a game or two if he really needed to. Um, so I'm excited about his his presence just on the bench late in games as well as a pinch hitter. So I, I'm all for this thing. I think that it makes up a little bit for um, – you know, losing a guy like Carlos Santana or Mark Hanna that we lost. Um, and I think he's actually got a little bit more upside than either one of those two guys, potentially, if he stays healthy. Yeah, and if you also point out the fact that last year is hitting in San Diego, which is one of the most difficult uh, power-hitting uh, home ballparks to Milwaukee and Fanfield, which one is one of the best uh, ballparks, home ballparks for home run hitters, I think that, you know, if this if he were to get – 400 plus at bats uh, I think you could see 30 plus homers almost like uh, as a you know you could almost mark them down which is pretty exciting because not too many brewers have done that in the last decade or so so I mean he's got that yeah. type of power as well as Reese does uh, obviously but brewer fans listening might be like no wait a second guys um, I thought that we had an all-star level catcher in uh, William mm-hmm. Contreras uh, still on the roster, and we also <laughs> signed Eric Haas uh, to be our backup. So where's this guy going to play? Yeah. Well, like you just pointed out, Vince, I think he's going to get very few at bats, probably as a as a catcher. Uh, even though it's nice to always have that option on the roster as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, I mean, I think he does have some first base experience. So obviously, Reese Hoskins there is also a right-handed hitter. Um, so that doesn't that platoon doesn't make a ton of sense. I think Reese Hoskins will get the most at bats. But even, you know, sharing mm-hmm. DH first base rotating day duties would work uh, for those guys. And I think if we're, you know, against a tough right-hander, I, was, I would think Sanchez would be on the bench. Uh, Hoskins would still be at first. And we'd probably have, um, I'm sorry, a tough right-hander. We'd probably have a lefty, um, left-handed yeah. hitter, you know, in our DH slot, so to speak. So I think he'd be at least a platoon DH option for us and, you know, third string backup catcher, whatever you want to call it. And somewhere I think he'll find that bats. And that's always nice to have the depth too, in case, uh, you know, to guard for injury and his experience. Uh, so and if it doesn't work out, you know, uh, we're only paying well, yeah. $7 million this year for a one-year deal. We could always release him. And that way we could say we had to release the Kraken. Uh, I'll show <laughs> that, was, that was awful. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's just a one-year commitment. So it, the risk is, pretty minimal and uh, that's another reason i'm not as concerned about the age factor he is just this, he's going into his age 31 season um for a one-year deal I, I don't think it's that that big of a problem um the financial commitment i think it was uh what did, what did the interns say about seven million dollars um so it's not not a ton of money um relatively speaking so i, I think that it's a worthwhile gamble and 
Um, again, a lot of power in, in limited at bats last year in a hitter or in a pitcher's ballpark, I should say, in San Diego. So I, I'm I'm fine with taking a flyer like this, and I, I think that even just that bat uh, coming off the bench is a, a huge presence for the Brewers, and I, I think that it could prove to be pretty valuable this season. So no, I'm I'm excited about the signing overall, and I'm glad to see too that the team is still actively looking to add guys even after the Burns trade. I think that you know there's been a lot of confusing confusing uh, signals kind of given out by the front office this year. Um, just, you know, acquiring Hoskins and then trading Burns within, you know, what, five, six days later. Um, I kind of understand it overall, but I also think that it's it's good to see that the front office is still actively going out and trying to improve the roster. Um, so that's that's a good thing. Now, with uh, within days of uh, all, all players reporting to spring training, as we mentioned, by middle of next week, it's shocking how many free agents uh, who are still remaining out there on sign and pretty big names, too, especially on the hitter side. I mean, well, first of all, for pitchers, I mean, there's still Blake Snell, which is kind of surprising. Uh, and then, you know, he's he's, won, he's already won uh, sign awards and whatever. But uh, then you've got, uh, you know, former MVP Cody Bellinger unsigned. You've got um, Matt Chapman, Jorge Soler, a couple other names. I mean, there's, you know, so these guys are all looking for multi-year deals. So they're probably not in play for us. But I just still feel that we're probably perusing the bargain bin of what's left in the spring starting pitching market i'm guessing because uh you just cannot i mean once burns <laughs> uh was taken out of the roster if you look at our uh pitching starting pitching rotation now led by freddie peralta it's uh, very uninspiring overall um to say the least and uh and no offense to uncle wade Miley, but uh putting him as our number two starter just doesn't seem quite right uh for a Contending type team. So unfortunately, this is what we're going to go with. They're probably going to give a lot of young guys some some innings in the rotation this year. With that being said, I think well, yeah. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I think it'd be wise to look to add to the starting pitching that with some some people that can throw some innings. Well, I think the Brewers did do that a little bit since our last taping, which uh, when we did sign uh, Jacob Eunice. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, yeah, but, that's um, right. You are. Yeah. Jacob Eunice has been a, one of the guys that we've picked up since our, our last taping last week. So uh, just a quick, quick rundown on Jacob Eunice. He did uh, just pure numbers here. He was four and three last year, pitched with to a 3.87 ERA, pitched in 40 games. Only four of those games were starts, though. Um, I think that, you know, the Brewers had mentioned bringing him in and giving him a look at least as a starting pitcher. We'll see if that holds up. He did start. 17 games uh, in 2022 um, through a total of 86 innings last year. Um, so he didn't have a, an awful year. Um, his 3.87 ERA was the lowest of his career for what it's worth, but um, definitely uh, he was at it. It was a major league signing. So I, I do think that it's worth mentioning here on the podcast. And uh, I think it's a fair expectation. I think he's probably going to get a few innings this year. Um, my guess is as a starting pitcher, but we'll see. Yeah, he's been most of his minor. He's had a very long minor league career. He's also the same age as Gary Sanchez. He's 31 years old. Um, wasn't thrilled with um, the signing, even though <laughs> I guess I, I'm throwing out all the nicknames. According to MinorLeagueBaseball.com, his nickname is Junebug, which is pretty exciting. It uh, is. Yeah, yeah, just like our just like our uh, our old colleague. I, have you talked to Junebug recently, by the way? Uh, not as such, no. Okay, is Scotty on uh, or Chad? Because they they might have. I'm not sure, but is Scotty Chad Chad on right now? 
Yeah, no, I mean, Uncle Junebug, um, who I assume uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is just straight up Junebug. So that's exciting. Uh, he, yeah. originally, he originally was drafted in 2009. Well, four six eight seven eight 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 eight. For those of you still wondering about Junebug's number, I know that y'all remember <laughs> the episode that we taped uh, near Ajo, Arizona. But um, yeah, four one four six eight seven eighty eight eighty eight. Give Uncle Junebug a call. Nice. So uh, Jacob Junis, like I said, he's never really found traction at the major league level. He's he's uh, never been given a, a long opportunity. He did fair, fair, fairly well in kind of that swingman role with the Giants last year. And, you know, maybe it is just something where he needs an opportunity. He he did was a starter all throughout uh, the minor leagues for a number of years. And his ERA always hovered like around between four and five generally or whatever. And he slowly crept up, uh, you know, through the minor leagues through the last uh, 11 years since being drafted out of high school uh, from Rock Falls, Falls, Illinois. Uh, originally drafted by the Royals in the 29th round of 2011. I mean, this guy, he's got decent stuff, though. And again, he's got a lot of extent. minor league experience for that long time, as we know, can still be very valuable. Um, unfortunately, I mean, they must, the Brewers probably see something in this guy. Um, that that he, he can contribute and again the depth there is nice the option to put him in the bullpen or use him as a swing man is always good he uh you know right-handed pitcher a six six three two twenty so he's a big big guy he looks like a workhorse out there on the mound and uh you know you never know like it's very rare that guys like this have a breakout at that age however uh for pitchers a lot of times their prime i believe is you know in that range of like 29 to 33 or so a lot of times. So he's right in that. Um, and, and so, yeah, you just never know with him. So I think he's worth taking a chance on obviously. Um, but again, may, I still feel that we, we, we could use a, more arms to help this team, both in the bullpen and um, in, you know, um, in the, in the rotation for sure. Cause I mean, let's just quick go over what we have for like depth. Uh, and, and again, you made a great point last uh, podcast, I thought, Vince, when you mentioned if we knew that this Burns trade was on the table, most likely going to happen in spite of the Reese Hoskins signing, because it was rumored that it was kind of in the works since December, it really is even more perplexing why we did trade Adrian Hauser, because we really seem like we could use him right now. Um, yeah. Especially and, for again, his he, salary. It was not outrageous. It was, you know, like, no, seven like million, 5 million or something, right? Yeah, he was going to arbitration, so I don't know if that's, I'm sure it's been officially settled by now. I haven't actually checked, but um, can check on that, but yeah, it was for a very reasonable salary. That's that's just kind of what I was a little confused by. Um, you know, I know that one of our colleagues, Dominic uh, Centronio, pointed out on his podcast uh, a couple nights ago that the prospect that the Brewers received back was actually very highly valued by Matt Arnold in the front office for whatever reason. So I, I don't know if that's just kind of covered because they needed the salary relief or what. But um, it's kind of interesting that we're putting the money that we quote-unquote saved in that deal towards guys like Jacob Eunice. But, um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, so, I, in some ways, I think Junis is kind of like the cover-up for the loss of Hauser. And, uh, you know, Hauser was kind of our swingman spot starter last year, and I think that they're, they're kind of feeling Junis will fill that role. Um, but just, and again, he, he's a starting pitching option, of course, at least as well. But really, if you look at our death chart now, it's starting rotation position, I, I obviously – Starting, we've got Freddy Peralta as our one remaining ace still. Obviously, I think on a championship caliber team, he's probably like number two or three, but he's now our best pitcher. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Wade Miley following him up, a lefty veteran who's been great for us and I think has really benefited from the rule changes with the pitch clock and all that, as you saw last year. But um, 
beyond that, uh, there's a lot, a lot of question marks. First of all, um, you know, we got Colin Ray, who kind of a journeyman, um, don't expect great things from him, but you can throw some nice innings. Then you've got Joe Ross coming back from injury again. Um, you know, just a lot of question marks, obviously with injuries and, and, and a past performance with him. Um, and then of course, Aaron Ashby, who I think has got the b- biggest upside of all these guys that I mentioned outside of Freddie Peralta, obviously, uh, I think is to be a huge key. And then of course you've got Robert Gasser, triple A, uh, Carlos Rodriguez, who I think went all the way through double A last year. And I'll probably start this year at triple A, but he'd be some depth option. And then DL Hall, who was acquired from in the Corbin Burns trade, a left-hander. Yeah. I think that the, the from what I understand is that he's going to be uh, conditioned to be a starter this year. Maybe not right from the get-go with the big club, but he'll probably get to compete for a spot during spring training. If nothing else, go to AAA and, and get stretched out and all that stuff. So um, so there's some yeah, for, exciting for talent. Too, DL Hall, for what it's worth, too, Craig, uh, DL Hall did tell some of our colleagues um, – on MLB Network this week, that the Brewers have told him that he is going to give an, be given a chance to to earn a spot in the starting rotation. So uh, it seems like they're really prepping him to be a starter. Um, I think that's how the team views him at least going into the season. We'll see if things can obviously change in spring training, and you know a lot of that's going to be conditioned on on depth and who else might be around. But um, I think given the state of the Brewers rotation, that the Brewers are probably looking uh, to make him a starter is is my best guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's obviously when you trade Corbin Burns for someone, he's the only pitcher coming back. You think that they've got to be looking at him for a, for a future role and starting rotation. I think that's absolutely right. Obviously Baltimore was using him on a bullpen last year. They were contending. He started the year injured. We went over that last episode. It just made sense for them using the bullpen. He was absolutely electric in the bullpen when they, when they did use him. In fact, they even used him in the playoffs and he, he looked dominant. So I think that's a great backup option for this guy uh, who does have control issues. If he can't figure out how you know you know how to pitch deep into games as a starter, um, you know then we can transition to be a, a huge back of that bullpen weapon. So that as a left-hander, that's always valuable to a team. So uh, it's an exciting person to add to your to your franchise, in my opinion. And and you just don't know. So I think it's very smart for them to give him an opportunity to start because, like I said, he could really become. I've I've heard other people compare him to Andrew Miller, former. Uh, starter in, uh, in an early part of his career with the, and then and then transitioned to the bullpen, and he was lights out in the bullpen when he got transitioned. Um, and so, you know, whether they compare him to him, Chris Sale, Josh Hader, he's just got electric left hand, left arm, and obviously he's a young guy, so th- those are lofty comparisons. Um, but with that being said, I think his upside is at least of a, of a number two starter, or like I said, a, a closer. I mean, so that's pretty pretty exciting stuff to bring into the organization. And I think that's he's the main. I, my guess he's the main reason why the, the Brewers are willing to, you know, not wait on moving Corbin Burns because um, they probably wouldn't have been able to get him, you know, at the deadline. Not at all if they had kept him all year. But anyway, um, so some exciting stuff. But again, this is one of those things where even if these guys get some major league innings, they're not going to come in from AAA or whatever and just start dominating necessarily. That very rarely happens. Usually. It takes a couple of years of growing pains for these guys in the major level, um, facing like the best hitters in the world, obviously. Um, so you usually have two or three years of, you know, struggles. And we saw that even with all of our aces back when uh, Ray Peralta and Brandon Woodruff and even Carbon Burns broke in where the Brewers and Carbon Burns yeah. and Friday Peralta's uh, uh, 
case, they kind of broke them in, in the bullpen a little bit because uh, we were contending at the time. Uh, and that's what Baltimore was, you know, doing with Hall last year. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's smart for them to just put him back in the rotation. If he doesn't make the camp out of the, the, the ball club out of camp or win a spot, I think it's smart to put him back at AAA and just let him start and get some innings under his belt because that's really valuable. So that next year he could probably throw like 150 plus innings or whatever, which is, uh, you know, we've got to make up for those lost Corbin Burns innings at yeah. some point. So, yeah. So a couple, a couple of quick points of what you said, all, all great stuff. Um, I think one comp that the Brewers could kind of look at uh, in terms of how rookie pitchers can fare in this division is Andrew Abbott last year from the Reds. Um, I think Abbott is obviously an incredibly talented pitcher. He came in and he threw, I mean, the, the Reds just kind of threw him out there as a starter last year. And he, he answered with an eight six record, 3.87 ERA. I would say that that's going to be a little bit above where his career norms are. I think he's more talented than that. So, but it's not awful either. So if you can, you know, maybe maybe throw some of these younger guys out and hopefully they can pitch sort of to that level. That would be a huge, to me, that'd be a huge uh, success if you're getting that. I, I don't think you can do that, though, at every spot in your rotation, I guess, is the issue. You can do that maybe with your, your four or five starters, but you can't do that with your top three. And that's where I think that the issue lies. Um, one name, speaking of young pitchers, one name that I did not hear you mention that I, I'd kind of like to hear your take on is where you think Jacob Mizorowski is right now and his development. I know that some guys are – uh, some of our, our colleagues are talking about him already making potentially making an impact with the big league team this year. Do you see Jacob Mizorowski as being a potential option for the Brewers? Uh, maybe not at the beginning of the year, but down the stretch in the starting rotation in 2024. Great question. Uh, given his track of his current development, he obviously had a huge breakout last year is universally now put in the top five pitching prospects in all of baseball, which is very exciting. And probably the main reason outside, obviously Jackson trio, why the Brewers are now ranked as the number two farm system by baseball America uh, going into this year, which is pretty exciting. Um, I, I just think he, he seems like someone that uh, will probably get some September starts this year. Um, uh, kind of a cup of coffee type thing. And then really, you know, try to be on track to, to earn a spot in rotation starting next year. Obviously anything can happen if we're contending and, you know, whatever, but, um, and, you know, bring them up and, you know, maybe the same thing and let them throw some innings in the bullpen. So first get his first major league uh, experience that way or whatever, but I guess it all depends. It's possible. But if I had to guess, I would say that, that the Brewers are going to, you know, handle him with, uh, you know, not rush him, so to speak. My guess is that he'd spend most of the year at AAA and then, uh, get a cup of coffee or so, uh, a couple of starts probably in September or something like that. It, um, yeah. And so it's still exciting for him to be part of our future big time because he's got huge potential. The comparisons thrown out to him a lot are Tyler Glass now. And the reason why is because he's got mm -hmm. unbelievable stuff, uh, but also some control issues. Uh, um, and, hope, and Tyler Glass now, as we all know, um, raised pitchers. Similar profile to D.L. Hall, by the way. I mean that's exactly the the book on Hall is he's got some control issues but incredible stuff. I mean that's 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 kind of the mo it seems like for a couple now of our younger pitching prospects. Well, absolutely. So I mean, if you think of having a young Tyler Glass now or young Chris Sale or Josh Hader in your system, that's pretty exciting. And again, putting these comps on these guys is kind of not fair because um, those are kind of like the gold standard of what they could become. And there's, there's various, uh, variations of that, as we know, when it comes to prospects all over the place, but still, I think they do have the talent to, to be there. And I, I do think Ms. Rowski definitely has the ceiling of a potential number one or two starter. And I think DL Hall has the potential to be a number two or three starter. 
they're pretty much hand hand in hand, which is exciting and what, what the Brewers need in their system. So, um, and then Aaron Ashby is probably like a, a great number three type ceiling. And then we still have Freddie Prado locked up for a long time. So starting next year, I mean, a rotation with those four at the top looks much more exciting than what we're throwing out there now this year. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's a little bit of a transition year, so to speak, but I still expect the Brewers to be contenders for this year. And uh, it'll be an exciting year just to see uh, a lot of guys grow and develop. So, Yeah, and I like I like some of the comps. You know, I'm a little leery of putting some of the, the, the quote-unquote caps on the potential of some of these guys. I think that there's still so much development that takes place, even after you reach the big leagues when you're, you know, 24, 25 years old as pitchers. I, I understand that you look at pedigree and we all knew that a guy like Corbin Burns was going to eventually figure it out. Even when he posted awful numbers in 2019 with the Brewers, I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe Ashby ends up an ace. We just don't know. It's kind of like, you know, there's a combination of, of pure talent, but there's also a lot of, of other things and factors that go into it. I think that, you know, there's obviously work ethic and there's how a guy takes the coaching. And so there's just a lot of other intangibles. So I, I do hesitate to kind of put a cap on where some of these guys might end up. Um, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there as well. Well, no, that's a fair point, obviously. Um, so again, and, and just for our listeners, just trying to get them excited about uh, throwing, you know, some examples of what they can be, but, but what you're, but you're right. As far as like, um, you know, anyone can be anything and you just don't know um, what, you, what you have. Yeah. Um, and oh, one name I forgot to mention, and uh, or did I mention Robert Gasser? Uh, Robert Gasser, yeah, you mentioned it, but okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I expect him, unlike Mizrowski, I expect Robert Gasser to get quite a few major league innings this year, like 100 plus. Uh, he, he spent almost or all, all last year at AAA, and I think he's yeah. ready, uh, for a major league, uh, you know, rotation spot, and I think it you know, really behoove his development to give him at least a hundred plus innings at the major league level. And uh, as long as he proves worthy enough. And I think that he will, he's an exciting prospect. Obviously that was acquired in the Josh Hader deal from the Padres. And uh, yeah, like I said, he, um, I, I think he could be an underrated, you know, middle of rotation ish starter. Um, and, and so again, another lefty. So between him and Ashby, I think we really, you know, there's still some exciting arms for this team, as we can see going forward and uh, a whole bunch of young bats uh including joey artis yeah. who we've now added to the mix and so yep. and then we've got guys at triple a still uh i mean sorry in minor league still with brock wilkin coming and a lot of other players as well so i mean um yeah it's an exciting time to be a brewer fan there's no there's no doubt and i'm it's in a weird way. It's sometimes even more exciting when you approach the spring training, knowing you have such a, a young team that, that a lot of guys are ready to break out or be introduced like Jackson trio that you just don't know what you have in these guys. And, you know, Garrett Mitchell coming back from a lost season. I mean, he, he was you know, the excitement for him will be ramped back up. This will be the first full season for Sal Freelick as a member of the team. I mean, there's tons to be excited about right now. I mean, Joy Weimer could be a, you know, surprise bounce back candidate as well. Um, so yeah, there's, t and, and getting the ears of these guys like Reese Hoskins and Gary Sanchez can do nothing but good for these young guys too. So I don't know if, if there was a year I'd want to go visit spring training, this would probably be the year to do it. Cause you can really, you know, those young guys bring the excitement and the hope for the future for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about that, uh, in the last couple of days here, um, kind of prepping for this show, but the brewers haven't really had many camp position battles in in many of the previous years and i i hesitate to use this word about baseball because i never feel that it is but 
one could almost classify it as sort of boring, you know, like the camp battles were just non-existent. Uh, I know last year was a little bit different because you, you had a lot of the young guys sort of emerging and coming into camp. But, you know, even then, Sal Freelich uh, was with Team Italy for the WBC and then he got hurt. Um, you know, you had you had some consistency. And I just feel like this year there's a lot of excitement, partially because a lot of these battles in camp are, are going to determine guys' uh, positions on this team and depth on the roster and maybe even – potential trades uh, get worked out. So I do think that from that perspective, there's a little bit more excitement. We've got a new manager. Um, I'm pretty high on Pat Murphy, actually. I'm, I'm kind of stoked to see how he runs a camp. And I, I'm not going to pretend like I, I didn't want Craig Council back as the Brewers manager. Uh, that being said, there's always something to be said for providing kind of a new voice or bringing in a new voice. Um, and maybe some of Craig's, you know, tactics got a little stale. And that's one of the reasons we weren't able to get past a certain point in the playoffs. I mean, a one and nine playoff record in the last, you know, four or five seasons is not, not anything that's too great. So I'm excited to see what Pat Murphy can kind of bring and how he can mold and shape some of these younger guys as well. So um, yeah. Um, one other note here, Craig, but I just wanted to throw out the Brewers uh, did make another trade this week uh, with the San Francisco giants trading uh, former top prize pitching prospect, Ethan small, to the Giants for cash considerations. So no return uh, in terms of player personnel back from San Francisco, but Ethan Small is officially out of the organization. Did think it was worth mentioning. Um, appeared in parts of two seasons for the Brewers. I think only four games though in the major leagues. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate for a former uh, number one pick, just getting cash for him. But uh, I mean, cash can be used for other things. Like, I don't know, buying, uh, we didn't probably get that much, but maybe put a little bit towards uh, getting Gary Sanchez into the team, but yeah, that is unfortunate, but we wish him all the best. The left-hander, yep. Ethan Small going over to the Giants. Uh, it, that's a good good place to go for a, a, a young pitcher that that needs to get a bounce back, so to speak. So we wish him the best yep. as Burr fans. Um, and yeah, so really ramped up again for this time of year. Like I said, pitchers and catchers, uh, favorite time of year. Lots to look forward to in the next eight months of baseball coming your way. Or is it more than that? Yeah. Nine months. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully nine months if the Brewers are able to make the playoffs uh, and, and push on further into the postseason this year. I know that um, for our, our listeners and, and viewers uh, on YouTube, some excitement. We're going to be sending our anonymous source, Tom Carter, to spring training uh, to get some some inside scoop. So stay tuned for that on future episodes um, with our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Nice. All right. Thank you, TC. Um all right. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps it up. So, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, listeners. Um, and hopefully we bring you some more in, uh, Brewer news as soon as we hear it. But looking forward yeah. to starting to look. My favorite time of the year also is looking at that first spring box score of the year because then, you know, it's yep. on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So. Very excited. Uh, please continue to give us a follow on Twitter, Brewer Review One. Uh, send in any questions. And Scotty will get to those at, on one of these episodes. Brewer Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. Uh, for any email questions and uh, thanks to thanks to the interns Chad Scotty and, and Beekram for all their uh, help on the show this week absolutely all right well stay classy brewer fans and go brewers absolutely stay classy go brewers do, 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 do.